0: God has something that he wants to say to you today. Amen? You know, when we come into the house of the Lord and we have this expectation that God wants to say something to us, he says something to us. He speaks to us in in many different ways. So a few weeks ago, Pastor Dylan was speaking about the whys, the times that we ask why in our lives. God, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And Pastor Dylan spoke very well to that. And I've heard messages from this pulpit, from this platform about when we ask why. You know, my mind always goes to the biggest why that I ever asked God. And you guys who know us, and you know, sometimes there's things that happen in our lives that if we're not careful, we will let those things define who we are. But yet there are things that happen in our lives that are so incredibly powerful in what God teaches us through them that we never quite get away from it. And so anytime I hear a message about the times that we ask why in our lives, the why in our lives, it happened nine years ago on a Saturday morning when I couldn't wake my wife up and the one thing that I feared almost more than anything in life, which was losing my spouse, happened. happened. It happened long before I thought I would have to walk that path. Donna's had a similar experience. And so when someone preaches about when we ask why because we don't understand, that's where my mind goes. But the message I want to bring to you today is that those times in our lives that cause us to ask why are the moments and the times in our lives when our why is defined, Okay, did you get a hold of that? Those moments in our lives when we ask why did this happen are sometimes the most powerful moments in our lives and the most powerful journeys that we go on that help us discover our why. And what is our why? Our why is is our purpose. It is our passion. It is the thing that rises up within us that just feels like the reason for being in our lives. And this message is about discovering our why. And so as we open this up and look at it, I want to put all of you at ease today that while you may receive something from this message, I am not directing this message at you. I'm preaching this message for myself, okay? Okay. Because I need to hear it again. I need to be reminded of it. But I believe that there are many of you that it will apply to your life as well. Because you see, it's not just the what of your life. Man, I spent, I'll just, I'll just be straight up honest with you. I'll just be open with you. I'm 61 years old. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, I'm not ambivalent about that. Because what that says is that there's been many years in my life that I've been on this journey, many things that I've worked through in my life, and one of the biggest things in my life, all through my life, is, God, what do you want me to do? Have any of you ever asked that question? God, what if, what do you want me to do? If you would just tell me what you want me to do, I will gladly do it. And I have been on that journey so, so many times in my life, but in the what, come to discover that the why is more important than the what. (laughs) That why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I engaged in the thing that I am engaged in? Your why, you see, it is the difference between survival and significance, right? It's the difference between function and fulfillment. It's the difference between the mundane and... Meaning and the miraculous, our why makes the difference. I read a story a while back that just so impacted me that it stuck in my mind. And it's one of those little inside stories where you refer kind of to the punchline to the people that you've discussed it with and they immediately know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? It's a story of, of a cellist, a cello player. I love the cello. The cello can talk. I mean, you get somebody gifted on the on the cello, and wow, it just, to me, it goes down into the depth of my being when I hear somebody skillfully playing the cello. So there's this cello player, and he's in university perfecting his his skill, his ability, his knowledge of music. Very prestigious school of music. And so one day, the professor asks him play this passage of this piece and so he plays the passage that he had played so many times before that he had practiced so many times before and when he was finished the professor's like you played that flawlessly you hit every note with near perfect intonation your timing was perfect you were completely technically proficient. With a skill like yours, you could get a job to play for a symphony orchestra and you could do quite well. In fact, you could provide a good living for yourself and your family that with the skill that you have and the job that you could get with a nice little symphony orchestra, you could could buy a little house with a little fence around it in a nice little safe neighborhood and You could provide for your wife, and you could provide for your 2.5 children. But God did not give you this gift so that you could buy a nice little house in a nice little neighborhood with a nice little fence around it and provide for your 2.5 children. God gave you this gift to play for the glory of God. Play with passion, man. Play with passion. You can get every note right. Right? You can play with perfect technical proficiency, but there is something in the soul of a man or a woman, there is something in our spirit that when it begins to rise up, you've heard it, have you not? that when a musician plays, they can be technically perfect following every note on that sheet of music or they can play with a passion that's down inside them that sometimes changes up the cadence. It sometimes changes up the attack and you can feel and you can hear the passion that is in them and that is coming from them. You see, this is what I mean when I talk about our why. It's the thing inside us that takes the what we're doing and it breathes the life or the presence and the Spirit of God into it so that it makes a deep impact on humanity even, that it makes a deep impact on the people around us. And this is something that does not come just from the human spirit but something that comes from the presence of God in our lives. See, so, if you ever hear me say to Donna, but I don't want 2.5 kids, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't caught on to what that means, see, statistically, a family in the US would have 2.5 kids. So, what the professor's saying, if you missed it, is you can live an average little life, or you can live your life to the glory of God. So to do something with God-inspired passion, to make a difference in the world, to be an agent of transformation, we've got to be inspired by our why. I, you know, when I preach, I always try to not give too much information because that's my tendency. My life is just an open book. Well, I had a colonoscopy this week. <sighs> I've been putting it off for eight years. <laughs> we went to the hospital, and the young man at the desk said, I need to see your ID card, because he wasn't sure why I was there. I said, I don't have an ID card. I have a passport, but I, okay, passport is fine. So then I discovered that I'm supposed to go to the room of the doctor, which I interpret to mean the doctor's office, which is, and so this young man was kind. See, I got this communication problem that, that I give myself away. It's like going into a restaurant and, you know, there's two ways to ask for something. Hey, bud, you got some tomato ketchup for these French fries? <laughs> which is probably what I would say in the U.S., but I have learned. Pardon me, could I have some tomato sauce for my chips? If I do it the other way and I ask for tomato sauce (laughs) instead of tomato sauce, eventually we get into this conversation, the same one that we had at the hospital the other day. As the young man's walking me across, he said, so why are you here? Why are you in South Africa? So many people are going the other way. Why are you coming here? We get this question all the time. Why why are you here? Well, you know, we start out with, we love it here. I mean, you know, it's sincere. We, we We love living here. We love where we live. We love the people. We just love being here. What is the why? The why is that kneeling before the Father and listening to his heartbeat, he says, okay, in this season of your life, I want you to go to South Africa. That's my why. And I say, why, God? Why do you want us to live in South Africa in this season of our lives? And you know what God says? You'll know when you see it. And we're already knowing it as we see it because the why are the people's lives that we connect to. It's the people that, that we speak into, that we see things happening in their lives, but it is also the people that are speaking into us and bringing transformation into our lives. Why here? You know, there's a lot more to the story, but it's because in the heartbeat of God, he says, I've got a why for you, and that's the why. And so to passionately engage, I've got to anchor in my why, in those moments when, hey, you know what? I don't go too too deeply because I'm always thinking about got to move to the point, got to move to the point. But I, I, I've got to get like this traffic register certificate thing. And so I know, see, here's what I want you to understand. I go to the place. And I'm going to need a form, which, by the way, Pastor Dylan gave me the form. So I'm like, yes, (laughs) because I'm going to go to the place, and I'm going to explain to them, I need this form. I don't know what it is, but somebody said, I need a form, and I don't know what it is. Can you help me? And then it's like, hey, this guy needs some kind of form. We don't know what it is. Can you help us? And it turns into this thing, and I I feel like a dummy. Because I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I'm supposed to. And there are a lot of things like that when you're in an environment that you're not real sure of. And in those moments when I just get frustrated, see, what lifts me is my why. What lifts me is my why. Because my why is bigger than every. Are you all with me? Come on. My why is bigger than every one of those obstacles. So how do you recognize your why? Why? You know, one way is, when do you sense the pleasure of God? I watched this this movie that's, I've seen it before, 1981, Chariots of Fire. It's the story of Eric Little who ran in the 1924 Olympics. Have you ever seen it? Eric Little was called to be a missionary to China. And yet he had this gift of running, just running, running, running. And so he qualified for the Olympics, and his family and his father were saying, but God has called you to be a missionary to China, and you're staying to run. Why are you doing this? And his answer was, I feel the pleasure of God when I run. I feel the pleasure of God when I run. Do you have anything like that in your life? I just feel the presence of God and the pleasure of God when I do this one thing. It's it's like when you come into a moment where you feel like you just stand in the moment and you think, "I was born to do this." And for Eric Little, as he ran, two things happened. One is qualifying was on a Sunday, and back in those days, he had a very strong conviction that Sunday was the Lord's day, and he would not run on Sunday. He was nearly disqualified for the Olympics, but he held his ground and they worked it out. He traded places with someone else. He worked it out. But that was worldwide headlines that because of his faith, he would not run the qualifying race on Sunday because of a conviction that he had. And he ran and he won. And he testified probably to more people of the greatness and the goodness of God in his life on that journey than maybe he did as a missionary in China. You See, but he would have totally missed it had he not paid attention to what God, how God worked in his life and how he felt the pleasure of God. So first thing is, when do you feel the pleasure of God? Another thing is, when do you sense empowerment? Pastor Ben asked me a question right before the service. He said, do you still get nervous when you speak after all these years? I said, well, nervous is not the word for it, but I'm always concerned that I sense the hand of God because if I don't sense the hand of God, it's a long 30 minutes. huh? (laughs) Yeah. Because when I... When I preach the way God's called me to preach, I can feel his hand of empowerment lifting me up. Not all of us are called to be preachers, but in your life, there are things in your life that as you submit your ways to the Lord, you will feel the empowerment of God lifting you in that task. A week ago, we did Royal Family Kids Camp. Donna and I were happy to be Pops and Nona. Grandma and Grandpa at Royal Family Kids Camp. Many of you were engaged and involved in that. And when the going got tough and when it got hard, you could just kind of feel hey, those of you that were there, is this true? You could just kind of feel the hand of God lifting you up and empowering you for the task. Yeah, I see those hands. And so our why is often defined by the. Um, empowerment of God that we feel when you feel I was born to do this and is the third and the fourth is when there is a sense of holy discontent what does that mean it means when you see something that moves you at such a level that somebody's got to do something about this that often you're the one that God is calling to do something about it That's interesting around the church. It's interesting in the business world. It's interesting in your family. Around the church, it's often like, Pastor, someone needs to start a ministry to these children because they are suffering and they are hurting and the heart of God is hurting over this and someone has to do something about it. The next thing that I usually say is, it sounds like God is speaking to you to be the one to do something about this is because there is a sense of holy discontent. You can't buy it. You can't borrow it. You can't manufacture it. It is something that when you kneel in the presence of God and you put your ear upon his chest and you hear this discontent in the heart of God, it stirs something in your passion. It makes you passionate about it because you heard what God's heartbeat was. And when you come over here into the things that are seen and you begin to be moved by that thing which God has stirred in you as a holy discontent. See, there is the realm of the unseen where we kneel before God and we put our ear upon his chest. We listen to his heartbeat. It is from the presence of God that a passion arises. All of this happens in the spiritual realm. It happens in the realm of the unseen. But friends, there is a world for us to touch. There's a world for us to reach as ambassadors of Christ. And so we come over into the realm of the seen and we put our hands to the task. The passion that we felt then becomes the path for our lives and it becomes the practice that we engage we engage our why. Our why has got to come from God. It comes from the heartbeat of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Hallelujah. Woo. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. It's not by works. What do we have to boast about? God saved us by His grace. And then it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, our salvation is a gift from God, right? Not by works. In the bigger picture, your salvation is a gift from God, but also who you are is a gift from God. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That just excites me. Who you are is a gift from God. And so in this passage it says we are God's workmanship. Workmanship, the definition is it's the degree of skill with which a product is made or a job is done. God skillfully made you. You are God's workmanship. And I know that some of you might be thinking, oh man, I just I I keep messing up. I keep blowing it. I'm not. You are God's workmanship that he can work in and through. He created us, but look at this verse of scripture. It also says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. So we were created and brought into existence in Christ Jesus and so the work that God does through us is the work that he does through us in Christ Jesus. We were created physically, we were formed in our mother's womb, we were born, we came into this world, but it's in Christ Jesus that God begins to do his good works in our lives. It says to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The works were prepared in advance But we were not prepared to do them until we were transformed through Christ Jesus. God saw you long before you were born. In fact, Jesus gave his life for you before the foundations of the earth. It was already settled and already sealed. And in this, God prepared the works that you would do in advance in Christ Jesus. It's not just our why, but it's the core of our why. What is the core that directs everything in your life? See, that passion is a response to the presence of God. And so I'm going to pose something difficult here. I pose that we cannot know our why unless we know it in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ when old things pass away. And all things become new. The purpose and the why that God has for our lives, it goes beyond this present life. And if you're not pursuing life in Christ, you cannot come to know your why in the perfection in which God has intended it. You might do good things, but we will not do God things unless we hear it in the heartbeat of God in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 is a passage of scripture that is foundational for my life. And basically it says, don't fix your eyes on the things that are seen because those things are temporary. Water running under the wall. Are you serious? But it's temporary. These things will pass away. Those things which are seen are temporary. But then it tells us the things that are unseen, these things are eternal. So we must fix our eyes on the things that are unseen. This is such a huge revelation as to the way we live our lives. This is a huge revelation as to why we're on this planet. Fix your eyes on the things that are unseen. So what does it benefit? If we do things that make the world a better place, but we neglect the eternal and the people are lost forever, even out of our good works in their lives, that they're lost forever because it was not an eternal work. We've got to hear in the heartbeat of God, the heart of God, that it stirs a passion in us, that we move into the seen realm and we are operating out of what God has spoken to us. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 8 it tells us if you put these things before the brothers which was instruction you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you followed have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths rather train yourself for godliness For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise. Listen to this part. As it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. God is always focused on both, training ourselves godliness. Because bodily training has some value because it affects these things over here. It has some value. But godliness, training and preparation in both the realm of the seen and the unseen is of value in every way, not in a limited way. It holds the promise for this present life and for the life to come. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if we only have hope in this life, we are miserable We are most to be pitied if we only have hope in this life. And i tell you, our why, coming from the presence of God, we can only know that why as it is created in us in Christ Jesus. Our why comes from the presence of God because unless we're in Christ, our why is simply not of significance. Oh my, what does this mean? It means that as I live my life, and look, I already told you how old I am. (laughs) Been on this journey for a little while. Some of you are older than I am. But I've been on this journey for a little while. And God is always doing something that I often don't see. Once God moved me into a neighborhood because there was one man there that I was called to touch and minister to. See? God doesn't, look at return on investment in the same way we do. And so please do not spend your life building something that will perish one day, building a life, building a business, building something wonderful and something spectacular, but rather build those things which God has called you to build. And see, for some of you, the things that you are building, those are the things that you're gifted to do. But you got to find the why in it. Look at your life and look at all of the things that have happened. I mean, look at your family. Look at where God has positioned you. Look at the business that you've built. Look at the influence perhaps that you have or that you don't have. And know that there is a why that God has determined. Come on now. There is a Why? That God is determined and all that. It is ours to kneel before the Father and say, what meaneth this God? And you know what? I'm going back to the why in my life. God, why, why did my wife die? Why did my, my young adult daughters left without a mother? Why? And you know what he eventually told me? Son, you got to trust me. I just want to know why. Well, you're not going to know why. you just got to trust me. And all the trust that's been built. And when you look at your life, you say, Why, God? He's saying, It's because of your why. It's because of your why. And you're not going to see it all now, but if you'll just trust me and if you'll just walk with me in this, you'll see it. You'll see it. The why of North Place Church, Christ, community, and compassion. Many of you are influencers, your leaders. God's given you gifts. I see those gifts in the people of this church. People, I believe in you. But what's more important is God believes in you. And no Pastor Randy believes in you, and Pastor Desiree, they believe in you. Pastor Joel and Amy, Pastor Dylan and Ashika, Pastor Aaron and Sarah, all of those that labor and work among you. They believe in you, but more importantly, God believes in you because God has put gifts in your life. And through the gifts that God has put in your life, Christ, community, and compassion, we're going to lift up Jesus Christ in our lives. We're going to impact the community as we come together in community. And we're going to demonstrate the compassion of Christ to this community Wow, you know, just the most recent thing that's in my mind, the Royal Kids Camp thing. Where's our food preparation people? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. When I used to do kids camp back in Indiana, our cooks, we'd have three or 400 kids for a week of camp, and our cooks would get up 4 o'clock in the morning, and they would cook the food. And then by about 6 or 7 o'clock at night, they were wiped out. They went to bed, and the children would come into the service, and God would move in their lives in mighty ways. We would see wonderful things and transformation happening in the children. But you know what I did every morning? Every morning, as soon as I got up, I would walk to the cafeteria where our cooks had been cooking and working since 4 a.m., and I would say, come, gather around. (laughs) Let me tell you about... Little Johnny, let me tell you about what God did in little Timmy's life. Let me tell you what we saw last night. And we would stand in the cafeteria at 7 a.m. and we would weep and we would rejoice and give honor and glory to God. You know why? Because I knew they wouldn't come back if they didn't connect what they were doing to their why. See, you got to connect what's happening to your why. Why? Where does our why come from? It's the way God wired us. It's what he did on us. And to apply the why. Proverbs chapter 3. Can you tell I'm just a wee bit excited about this? I can't help it. I told you I was going to preach to myself. And I am. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You've heard the key verse many times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Acknowledge the Lord, trust in him, and he's going to lead you on the path where you need to go. It may seem like it takes a lot longer than you want it to take, but God's going to do this. And to just break this, this whole passage down, it says, let your heart keep my commandments. Keep the commandments of God. Now, stick with me on this because this doesn't sound like the most exciting part, but it is if you really dig into it. Let your heart keep my commandments. Keep the command of God. Follow Christ, not simply with rote actions and motions, but out of love, out of, out of the heart. See, that's where the passion comes from. That's where the, the cello player digs down deep inside and people can feel the presence of God through the anointing of that musician as he plays out of his passion. Let your heart keep my commandments. Bind steadfast love and faithfulness around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Again, that we are moved, that we're putting the Word of God, we're putting what God has spoken to us, we're putting what we hear in the heartbeat of God down into our hearts. We're taking what we hear in the Word of God in our daily 20, and we're putting it down into our hearts so that our passion is then informed and comes forth. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And to acknowledge means to admit and accept the reality and role of God. In all of your ways, just go ahead and say, you know what? I honor God in this. In all of your ways, just go ahead and say, I need God for this to happen because I'm digging down deep into my heart. Out of what? There's a passion that's arising out of the presence of God. And there will be increase. See, and then it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of your product. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will be bursting with wine. Okay. All I know is God always resources his path. He doesn't always resource the path that we come up with, but he resources his Path. God resources his path. Second Peter 1 and 3, it says, His divine power is granted to us all things. God's given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him who called us into his own glory and excellence. And I go back to 1 Timothy 4 that says, Godliness is of value in every way as it holds for the present life and also for the life to come. God's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And so that thing that he is stirring in you, and you might not even know what it is (laughs) this morning, but as you pursue the presence of God, the passion will arise. The Bible tells us that whatever our hands find to do, to do it to the glory of God. That whatever, whatever I'm doing in my life, I should do it to the glory of God. Listen, the why of North Place Church, Christ, community, and compassion. Did you know that when we serve... Okay, now I'm getting ready to give you this little gem that has transformed my life. So I should take a breath. Whenever you serve out of the compassion of Christ... Jesus Christ is revealed to you in a way that he cannot be revealed in any other way. Because it's Christ's nature to serve. There is a revelation of Christ's nature when we serve. And where there's revelation, there's transformation. God changes you when you serve. Did you know that You can know Christ. There is a facet of Christ that you can only know through community. I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. Well, duh. But there is a part of the character and nature of Christ that you will only know in community. Christ, community, compassion. See, this is about knowing Jesus. It's about knowing our why. It's about knowing our why together. So I want to encourage you. 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord." There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone, and to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You have a why. You have a why. You have a why. Oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Folks, I want to pray with you this moment because, listen, there's been seasons in my life where I said, why God? Why? 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 And then there's other seasons where I hear something in the heartbeat of God and I began to see it. I began to see the why. Now I want you to think about all that God has done in your life and listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I pose to you that you will never know your why until you know it until you're created in Christ Jesus and you know it in Christ Jesus, you'll never know your why. So I want to pray with you, you come to Christ, that you know the fullness of his glory and that he gives you everything that you need for life and godliness. But I also want to pray with those of you who God has given so much to you. We are so thankful for the faithfulness of God. and. In the conclusion of this service, if we could just lift our hearts to God for a moment and say, God, what is, what is the why? I'm not asking you why, why. I'm asking you, Lord, to reveal your why. Out of the presence of God, to reveal your why so that I can lean in to that why. Because there's substance behind everything. There's the realm of the seen. There's the realm of the unseen. God is working in both. So let's ask God to reveal His heart in the realm of the unseen. Why am I preaching this message? As I sat in the service, I I got a lot of things that if it was left up to me, I would have preached other things because I know those things. I've preached them before. and there's always the temptation, God, I can really look good if I preach this message I've preached many times before. But he always says, just tell the people what I want to say to them. And it started in me last week. I want you to tell the people that there's a reason, that there's a why, that there's something that I've been doing in their life. And if they'll lean into it, they'll be in the realm of the seen and the unseen and you'll know Jesus, and you'll see His goodness fulfilled in the land of the living. So I wanna pray for you and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Father, right now, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. God, I can't earn your work in my life. God, I'm far from perfect. It's just, so I lean into you. All the things that you've created in me, all of the things that you've done in my life, great is your faithfulness. Lord, I pray for those who just need to surrender to you today. be folks to pray with them at the close of the service here, but God, just, we surrender to you. God, open my hands that everything that you've given to me, I give it to you. I am a steward. Surrender to you today because, Lord, I don't want just good things in my life. I want God things. God, as we submit and surrender to you, we make a decision to follow you. And I pray for the people that have gathered right here. Speak to them even right now, Lord, about the things in their life, their job, their vocation, the gifts you've given them, their family, the passions that are inside them. The things that they want to say that see happen, the things that are deep within them, that when they sit in your presence, they are stirred by them. God, speak to us now. We submit to you. Lord, we pray for those who right now that you're prompting by the presence, your presence, your Holy Spirit, that you would move in them and that you would speak to them. Because, Lord, we all have a why. You have given us a why behind every gift that you've given us. And, Lord, we submit and surrender to that why now, Lord. In Jesus' name.